0: Oh, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are my two amazing co-hosts, currently piggybacking from a pizza dough freezer, Chris Frodell.
1: There's so much salt in here.
0: And Shane Beauregard. Uh, I don't want to bring up pizza, please. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, he's currently having food poisoning (laughs) stuff on the 4th of July. What a happy holiday for all of us. Chris has got fireworks in the background that you'll probably hear a bunch of times. I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's marched safe from his house. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll we'll all survive it, I hope. Mm. Shane especially, (laughs) you know, because I don't wish that upon uh many people but I'm but, here I'm here right exactly yeah uh <laughs> looking like you're at the end of a rocky montage but it's okay with me man <laughs> that is apropos for I guess a kind of holiday like July 4th so uh good to see you guys I hope you guys had a good holiday weekend of course we were uh you know well inundated with new stranger things content that's what we're going to cover today season 4 volume 2 which dropped on Friday Yes, on a holiday weekend to to make us do this again. What was the last one? Was it Memorial Day that yes. we recorded or was it like? Yeah. yeah Memorial Day. Yep. Yeah. The
1: holiday that there isn't any fireworks.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, we survived that one. So hopefully we can get through this one. But let's get right to it. You know, get what the people want. It's one of these things like uh, Chris and I watched the finale together. Uh, I was in so. Hand. I know. Yeah, like like otters in the water. Just amazing. <laughs> um but we're I was so hyped after episode 7 and with the layoff uh between episodes it was oddly hard kind of getting back in that frame of mind, you know, the binge model works for a reason. But I do think for Netflix's sake and, and some of the conversation's sake, it's been really nice in between these volumes, but Watching this one, I had to almost rewatch it so that way I could recalibrate my expectations uh, with watching it. But I still I really like this. Um, I, we'll talk about, you know, maybe uh, this continuing conversation of like who owns the belt, uh, especially with Shane. I always kind of tease him because he's been like the boys, the boys, the boys, boys isn't <laughs> over yet. Wait to see where they <laughs> stick to the play. Um, but between that, Barry, a lot of other shows that we like, the Bears uh, climbing the charts. Uh, especially because you guys watched that after we talked about it last week. So we'll get all into that. But this guy is, I, I know it's getting a lot of positive reviews. So I definitely want to hear what you guys have to say. Obviously, Chris and I talked about it after we watched it together a little bit. So Shane, I'll start with you. General impressions, non spoilerly just how did you feel after this one all wrapped up? Uh, I felt really good. I felt really great. I, it didn't take me long to like dive
2: into it like you said. Yeah, I watched them I rewatched both episodes twice. So I'm kind of fresh with it. Right. Definitely like the last episode. I like how they wrap things up. But general feeling, I got really back into it pretty easily. And I loved it, man. So kudos like this getting all the right reviews.
0: Yeah. Uh Chris, I know obviously we talked about it a little <laughs> bit, but I don't know if you did any rewatching like I did or if you have any uh Thoughts that clicked in maybe afterwards, you know, for watching it the first time. How did you feel now, I guess, uh, about this particular volume of the season?
1: Uh, I think I said to you that uh, I thought it was odd the way they broke it up. But mm. as we talked about it, uh, we understood why, you know, the, the break was necessary right. of when it happened. And yeah. then, you know, to pick up from eight to nine wasn't too jarring but it was like how can you usually in episodic television uh you have a set time let's say this episode is a half an hour the next episode you think it's going to be a half an hour maybe 45 minutes you know it's something close like that but to have an hour and a half to two what 220
0: to 30 yeah 220 something something like that yeah it was
1: just like Wow, couldn't they just, you know, say maybe three episodes of equal length?
0: Well, Uh, actually, there's a reason for that. I didn't know this until I listened to a a more insidery podcast about the whole thing. mm -hmm. The the characters, the actors and actresses, the talent on the show get paid per episode. When they make a two and a half hour episode, then they don't have to break it up because if they break it up, they'll have to pay more money. Uh, oh did not no, know that those
1: greedy little bastards yeah
0: so a little inside <laughs> baseball a little chicanery there but okay. obviously as far as the consumers the of these content we don't give a crap unless it really makes a big difference but i yeah. think it didn't change especially with breaking it up it didn't change my side. i probably would have watched four straight episodes four hour long straight episodes or whatever anyway so yeah however it plays out i'm still here it's all this good. was
1: this was essentially two movies, anyways. You know, one was a little longer than the other,
0: but totally. You know, yeah. uh, it worked.
1: It it ended up working. There, there's a lot of um, preconceived notions before it actually drops that you're like, "Well, why would they do this?" Oh, mm-hmm. something must be up, and you're just over analyzing until it actually comes to you, and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay, never
0: mind." Right. <laughs> So as far as the content though, Chris, like the did content you, were was you satisfied. You're, you know, I
1: I was satisfied. It it was almost like uh, I don't want to say a letdown, but it was kind of like, oh, okay, so they're ending it like this, you know. Like it, it wasn't like, oh my god, I can't yeah. wait till five, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't want to tell them what to do. And especially after watching 8 and 9 for the second time, I have a little bit of a different opinion. But when I first watched it, I was like, man, the way Episode 7 ended, I almost wish that was the end of Season 4. And then we got this as, like, the, the part into Season 5. But now seeing kind of the reset that they do at the end of Episode 9, I, I yeah. get it now why they wanted to break it up the way they did and how it goes.
2: Yeah, I, I will say I had a little the the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, flashback when I the I said the I same, said the same thing to Chris. I
0: say it's the, uh, yeah, it's the Return of the King, three, four different endings thing.
2: Yeah, I'm like, I was waiting for it to end. I'm like, nope, that's not the ending. Another monologue, another monologue, another monologue. Yeah. Walk down by the hill and let's go. Like, it was yeah. just weird. I, I had, which is not a good thing, by the way, because I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan. Just, but. He is not. Right, not not a, not a fan, but no, that's what I thought of, so I had to laugh at that.
0: Yeah, well, we got to go, you know, back to the Shire. Everybody's got to <laughs> like collect themselves and do everything else before we move on to season five. So, but I get that. I, part of me is like, if they didn't do that, where everybody didn't get back together, I'd be like let down a little bit by that too, because right. there are moments in that reset at the end of the of episode nine, the actual end end of the episode. Yeah. That I would have been like, oh, I would have. We missed out on that, you know, like uh, you know, Hopper and Eleven, you know, stuff like that. So that 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 got me, and that makes it all worth it. But I can see many times where in these episodes I could have been like, that should have been end of an episode. That should have been the end of the season. That yeah. whatever you can call it at a lot of different times, and still have the hangover, which is why uh, bet- when Chris and I were watching it. There's a lot of reasons for this, but we kind of kept calling this season and or some of these episodes or the finale, uh, it was very Empire Strikes Back-ish. Like this yeah. was their, you know, meeting the evil, getting the big reveal, which is, you know, the Vader, sorry to spoil this for anyone who hasn't seen Empire Strikes Back, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Luke, uh, you know, that guy, he's uh, he's related to Darth Vader. Sorry to let everybody know that. Um, ah. But, uh, ah. yeah, you know big daddy issues for everybody. So, and this one it's not a it's not a, you know, a parental uh, you know, child thing. It's but it is kind of almost like rival sibling thing and obviously that was the big reveal of the last volume. So, what I will say though is that this has a lot of that. And in fact, uh when I was watching with Chris, we were kind of going like hey, they're referencing kind of like a Red Dawn thing here. Oh, that's T2. That's Halloween. That's this. And I kind of, we were going through a lot of that, but a lot of it we were saying felt very Star Wars influence and or Empire Strikes Back specifically. And in fact, uh, as it went on, it almost felt like it went from Star, uh, excuse me, uh, went from Empire to Return of the Jedi, like in a blink. Because you get like the reveal that someone is that way uh, related or in some kind of more personal connection in episode Mm -hmm. seven. then by the end of episode nine, you're getting the end of Jedi (laughs) where it's it's, it's Luke and Palpatine trading bars going, you know, your friends are dying out there. And, you know, you got to, you know, you're going to fail. You've already failed and try to make that happen, too. So tons of that uh going on did you catch a lot of those shane too as well uh, i
2: missed out on some of those uh, but i do get the empire feel to it in star wars but as far as like mm-hmm. the red dawn stuff goes i kind of just i missed it i missed the boat on that one
0: well <laughs> the red dawn thing is simply just the uniform like kind of like robin's in the beret they oh, got kind oh. of these uniforms that they're kind of going into the house with dusty they looked... really
1: emulated the, yeah. Uh, the look
0: yeah Exactly. So I think, and especially what we looked that up to, right? Uh Chris? was that uh, it was right around 84, 83. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I knew it was like close enough to where I was like, they get it. They know what's <laughs> going on. Um, but especially all the, the movies of around that time, they're going to try to amp up. And obviously this, the end of the original star Wars trilogy is right there. It, that was 80 and 83. So, you know, you're going to catch a lot of those things and uh, the Halloween one, if you if you didn't get, did you notice that yeah, one? Yeah, sure. I yeah. saw that one. Yep, okay. I caught that one. Yep. Yeah. For I anyone was... who doesn't know, it's when Vecna falls out of the window into the front yard. It's kind of very reminiscent. Yes, Chris.
1: Yeah. No. And uh, and there was the callback to her Halloween costume as being a mask for. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. You know, sneaking around. But uh, since we're talking Star Wars, and I just have to give one more punch to Obi Wan. Uh, Stranger Things is a better representation representation of star wars than obi-wan i said it
0: i buy it and i'm in (laughs) i I agree because uh not only for all the other things we were saying yeah i mean you basically 11 is a force sensitive kid right i mean that's basically what this has been kind of the whole time they everyone either likes to compare her to something like that or they say that she's basically an x-men kid because you know having all the children you know, all kind of being like that to various degrees with different levels of powers and, and being in not a school but a lab, but it feels like a school. So you got that kind of Xavier's school for the gifted kind of thing going on. So you always hear levels of that.
1: Papa, Matthew Modine's character,
0: uh huh, looks like
1: Magneto. Yeah, there, sure. There with there the white hair
0: kind of slick back. Yeah, huh. it's not bad. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it. So there's a lot of that going on. But What I will say, especially after rewatch, I am still definitely satisfied with everything here. Uh, I I didn't feel that jolt, that, like, kind of, you know, (laughs) wow, I just binged seven and a half, eight hours of content with the episodes one through seven where you're just jonesing for the next thing. I don't think the way this ended, I'm not, like, I'm, trust me, I want season five, like, right now, but it's not that same you know, like I just went through yeah. like a vial of crack thing going on where I just need that next fix uh, immediately, feeling that I had after episode seven. So, and I don't know if that's because I knew there was only two episodes left and went and that they were already coming soon, but I would definitely say the vibe felt different because it has maybe those multiple endings and kind of doesn't end on a like supreme high note like episode yeah. seven did. So, I'm trying to. Recalibrate and be like, remember how much we loved this? This is still really good, which means this season as a whole, if I binge watched it instead of being broken up, would I be like over the moon of how this ended?
1: Right. Well, I- I'm sure it'll get restoked once five comes out. Oh, yeah. And-, and that high will come back, but then it all just depends on what they do with it,
0: you know? For sure. And. I- <laughs> The tough part is is that I said this to both of you in, in various ways. I have notes, but it's not one of those where I'm like, I'm satisfied. I don't have a lot of like negativity or anything. It's just I, I, I just don't know how to get my feelings together because yeah. I'm not unhappy. I'm just like, great. But I. it's kind of, again, kind of the vibe you'd get if you watched. Say you didn't watch these things in real time. Imagine if you watched Empire, right, and then you're like, "I have to wait three years for Return of the Jedi." That'd be fucking crazy. But like, and so we came and hold ourselves that season five hasn't even filmed yet, guys. Like, so we're not getting it for at least like probably a year and a half is my guess. Agreed. So so buckle up; it's going to be like you know the end of 2023 at best, like Christmas time 2023.
1: But I will say. It has that Infinity War endgame kind of feel. Yeah, where you Infinity wanted the War next year. Seven. Come on. <laughs> right. Infinity War was uh, was episode seven.
0: Yes. Agreed.
1: Right? Am I doing that right? See, now I'm screwed up with the timeline.
0: Yeah, but- yeah. No, you're right. Uh, where, again, it, that, it all feels like that Empire transition <laughs> to whatever because Infinity right. War ends on you know, such a, a down note. Yep. And then they kind of go, see you next time. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of that where, and then eight and you get nine a...
1: feel like end game where, yeah. you know, there, there was an end to the season to season four. Right. But then the next phase is number five when yeah. it comes out.
0: And actually, cause I said this to you, Chris, actually, I remember now after uh, we watched it that I was like, I think I would feel amazing about this finale if, The ending was like an actual ending, ending to the series. Like, uh, you know, if they defeat Vecna and it's over. I'd be like, amazing. No no, notes. Perfect job. The whole team gets together. You know, they burn. We're burning people. We're chopping off Demogorgon heads. We're doing the whole thing. Be like, yeah, motherfucker. But the fact that we're now sitting here where we don't exactly know where we're going with season five. Like, would you, did you guys have that feeling at least like that the way it ended? Yes. It, a lot of things are in shambles. A lot of things are hanging in the balance and you kind of get a sense of who's going to be around and where we're going to kind of go. But it feels like again, another big restart all over again for a final season. Yeah. I got that same feeling. And I was happy with the ending. Like you said,
2: it's just, I, I think they leave it at least open for me and they could take it. Well, we know where they're going to take it with Vecna, but like it does lead to some more possibilities. I like, you know, they don't have to shoehorn themselves in in season five. So honestly, with a lot of the side characters, I don't really know what's going to happen to them. So to me, everyone's on the table this season for season five. Unlike season four, we kind of talked about it like we knew who was going to be safe, who wasn't going to be safe. But I think season five, though, I think the tables are going to turn. I think everyone's on the chopping block.
0: Yeah, I think to an extent when we talked about volume 1, uh we did have we had a casual Deadpool uh Deathpool <laughs> uh conversation which I'm I'm not going to say I was right, but I was mostly right. You're uh mostly right. Uh, yeah, but I think that kind of still a lot of some of that same sentiment go- qualifies for season 5, which to refresh people's memory, I was basically saying back then uh, you know, what is that now? <laughs> Just a month ago. Yes. Um, yep. uh, that I said, if you're a new character, you're probably fucked. And unfortunately we'll get to, you know, all that stuff in, in a minute. But, uh, I also said that Sadie sink max because of how tortured she is and, and Billy or, and technically she's not part of the core four or five. So technically she's more on the block than everybody else. So, um, that kind of have three quarters came true. So, yeah. you know, so a lot of that, I think still holds true. And unfortunately the way this ended, anyone who's kind of gotten ensnared by Vecna and, or any of his henchmen goon stuff, I feel like they're the most vulnerable. So if you try to combine those elements, you know, you're probably going to see who might be on the block.
1: My thoughts were, it could be anybody and I would have been not satisfied cause that sounds a little morbid, but yeah, I would have been like, okay, I understand why this person had to go. I understand why this person had to go, but uh, would I be upset with most of them? Maybe not Argyle, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like for, for the core group, I think I, I would have been like, oh man, that sucks. But you know, yeah. I understand it. Yeah. And So I was, I was prepared for anything, right? but you know, it it just, no matter what the guess is, it still would have felt like the rug got pulled out from under me, you know?
0: Sure. And that should happen when you're four or five seasons into, you know, a show that literally is just constantly either having people threatened at all times, you know, so something could happen. And that's kind of the appeal of the show. The suspense yep. and then the kind of grip that this show has on you because the the, the ever present danger at all times and in different countries we're all spread out in this one and I think that still works um, the way they kind of made it uh, go with this one I think they did
1: well with that yeah
0: everything every single storyline worked for me uh, the only thing that didn't work. At the very, very end, if I'm being even minorly critical, I kind of said to you guys was uh, when Robin, Steve, and Nancy are literally just slowly being choked for a lo- very long yeah. time uh, on the wall inside the uh, upside-down version of the grill House. So that's the only thing that doesn't work because it just is too much. Uh, it just sidelines them for too long in a very, very... Uh, compromising, deadly position. So they, they honestly should have should have died. Um, but they didn't. So here we are. Um, huh. But how about this? Before we get into, like, really heavy, just ripping all the Band-Aids, all that off, and, and kind of really looking forward to Season 5, let's kind of talk. Uh, we left off the last episode talking about MVP candidates for, for this season. And I think with Volume 2, did anyone get... Added in your guys' mind that maybe we didn't talk about, like, is there a specifically volume two MVP versus the whole season? Shane, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I think we talked a little bit earlier on the show. He's not like the total MVP, but someone who I thought boosted uh was a solid boost was Lucas in his yeah. storyline. Uh, he had better. a lot more. Yeah, he had a lot more to do. His character really came through there towards the end. So uh, but no, I think the typical MVPs would be 11. You know, I think we talked about it. But for, but for me, that's the one character who got a little more shine, in my opinion,
0: uh, along with Eddie as well, but Lucas for me. For sure. Or the like the, the dark ones, like Avena-type right. things too. Uh, Chris, how about you? Anything?
1: I will say uh, as far as like we'll, – we'll put him in like wild card status because he, he really did nothing for the first half. Uh, but he kind of stepped up with the uh, second half and that's Jonathan. Uh, yeah.
0: More moments, I he, guess he sure. became,
1: he became a brother <laughs> to will, you know, yeah, he which he hasn't done for like seasons.
0: Was <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> which he hasn't done for like seasons. It feels no, like he hasn't, time. but like yeah. he,
1: he finally, you know, realized what they're both going through. Really? You know, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of, you know, Oh, I wasn't there for you. Uh, he admitted it, you know, right. I wasn't there for you as a brother and this and that. And, uh, you know, I'm here for you now, and and he showed up. You know, yeah. But uh, that, that first half is just like Jesus Christ. This this stoner thing has to you know <laughs> has to level out at some point, or or just like turn, because it, it got tired quick.
0: Yeah. Um. Like and but, and and junkyard golf or whatever didn't yeah. do anything for you or whatever we're doing. Well, yeah. I
1: will say that's the one scene where you're like, oh, he's actually kind of saying what's on his mind with you know him and nancy going to school not going to school whatever sure but it was it was just like we have no script uh <laughs> you know uh charlie we want you to just come up with something you know yeah. about the relationship and go yeah and well like, I- um her me i don't do uh, i'm like what is that that's not even dialogue
0: right and honestly that was our Big bone of contention with volume one was that the California crew was kind of lukewarm. I think the California crew, while still less than the Scooby-Doo gang or any of the 11 stuff or whatever, uh, or even the Hopper stuff, all that's more interesting still. But I think in volume two, they at least get to do a little bit more and step up a little bit more. And some of the the better scenes, which we can get to best scenes after the MVP conversation, um, I think some of those are from that core group, which wasn't really the case in the first volume. Okay. So okay, but so if you guys had to pick a season four overall everything, who do you think was the standout number one performance MVP? Of season four. Shane, you got one? Uh, I'm going 11. I know that's like the right there. So I'm taking the easy
2: way out. But to me, she came full circle. You know, the whole, like you said, force sensitive and that badass fight she had at the end with Vecna was pretty, you know, I don't want to use the word rad since it's an 80s show. But it was pretty rad. Um, <laughs> bitchin. I think bitchin yeah, was what you were thinking. Yeah. But no, 11 is my MVP of the season. Chris, you got one.
1: Yeah, I'll say like uh, I said earlier, Eddie, mm-hmm. because like he he had that true hero's journey where like he had self doubt. Uh, the only reason he went into the uh, the water is because the girls did. Yeah, you know to to follow um, Steve and uh, and he didn't want to be you know treated like a wuss or whatever. Yeah, but, you know he had a choice of running, but he chose to stay behind. I I think that really showed balls.
0: Right. I would have I ran, by the way. <laughs> so would I. So I, I yeah, Even on the rewatch, I was kind of like, I, if he ran, I wouldn't be mad at no, him about it. No,
1: he gets to live another day.
0: Yeah, they right. still fought bats for quite a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So not bad, man. Um, yeah, yeah I, I hear both of you, but if, if I had to pick one that wasn't that and probably would be my first choice, this felt like the max season. It did from the beginning all the way to the end. And Sadie Sink, I think, is becoming kind of a in that age bracket, too, especially. She's becoming a star between that. Fear Street was like a big thing with her being in the second, second one of that trilogy as well. So, you know, I think her stock is rising. And I think this is uh, the big breakout for her, even more than just being uh, in this show that she was. Up to this point, and I'm not alone because I know I think there's like a I don't know how big the campaign is, but there is a Sadie Sink to win an Emmy uh, campaign already started on Twitter with a bunch of hashtags and whatever too. So I think a lot of people think this is her season more than anybody else. But again. Shane it's like if you pick 11 no one can ever dispute it it's literally like Jordan in his prime or like every year you want to give him the MVP because he's the best and then when you have that one year where you just gave it to Carl Malone you're like are you fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me but sometimes that's what that's what happens sometimes you get a Carl Malone Um, and that's kind of you know Chris, maybe yours is the uh, mine's more kind of Carl Maloneish, ish, um, but yours is maybe more. Uh, I know I'm throwing sports references at Chris, no, no, and I he's got just so like, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here, here, let's see if you get this one. Uh, when Andre Iguodala won M- NBA Finals MVP, you know, where he was like a role player, but he won the thing, when it's like, no, 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 it should have been Seth Curry because he's amazing. That's what we're talking about with you. Did you get all that, Chris?
1: what uh what
0: podcast am i on zcspn <laughs> exactly yes <laughs> uh, I, you lost me towards the end <laughs> it's fine everybody else or nobody else got that reference and i'm right? fine either way that's okay but Jeez. yeah I, I i agree with all three of those those would probably be the top candidates maybe we'll throw up a twitter poll uh on, on our account and be like those three or other comments, whatever. But, yeah, yeah, let us know, people, on social media, whether you agree with any of our candidates for Season 4 MVP. Um, I think we should take a break now, and then we can come back and do uh, some of our favorite scenes, uh, maybe some of the things that we really didn't like, and then kind of look forward to Season 5. All right, so stick with us. We'll be back in a minute.
2: Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love
0: about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment Podcast. Family.
2: I swear I talk more in the episodes.
0: All right, we're back with more Season 4, Volume 2, Stranger Things Conversation. We're going to go over things like maybe some of the things we didn't like, maybe some other talk about Season 5, but I want to start with kind of like a continuation of our MVP conversation, but this is more most valuable scene. What's your favorite scene uh, that was in Season 4? volume two. I'm never going to like hesitate. I, I, that's so much information to fucking say. And every time I trip up on it, I'm hoping I'm coming across without being a stuttering weirdo. Um, but let's get to the good stuff.
1: why you look Be- at me when you say that? <laughs> How dare you?
0: Um, but no best scenes. Uh, we kind of talked off air a little about it. I kind of want to know your guys and then we'll, maybe we'll parse, uh, some maybe other candidates or, or, or some of the past ones. Chris, I'll start with you. What was probably your favorite scene to watch about this whole, uh, especially with the long finale and everything else, of Volume 2?
1: There was many. And uh, the only reason why I say this one is because I just saw it before we recorded. Hey, uh, <laughs> sometimes that because, happens. Because uh, the missus is uh, is actually catching up, watching it. It's the part where Lucas turns into Vecna. Yeah. is Is the way I describe it. You know, Max is on the floor, and she's, you know, possessed. Right, right? but she's she,
0: really not. Yeah, so right. uh, they go through that whole thing where she does that whole big speech about yes. Billy and how much guilt she has because she didn't get along with him and didn't know whether he even deserved to die because she Lucas made his life so hell. And, and then, stuff. yeah, and then you get to see the what we think is the honest and true reaction of, of Lucas. Yeah. And, you know, then... We get to see the twist, you know, this kind of weird back and forth where she's buying it, but, you know, ah, it's so good.
1: And uh, I said to you, Andrew, when uh, we saw that scene, is, like, this season, or, like, I don't know, maybe the whole series, the practical makeup effects are so good. They are. Vecna looks great. And then for Lucas to have the milky eyes... Mm -hmm. and that like neon glow it was just like oh my god even i'm creeped out and i'm not even in the room
0: yeah by the way the bug zappers or however they lit the house with that was like so brilliant because it was just enough level of not only light but creep factor around that whole house it was dope uh shane did you like that scene before we get to yours uh no i did i liked that whole sequence as well like i you know i liked it 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 was creepy (laughs) yeah Especially like the twist, like once they do the slide where Vecna does the turnaround, it's very nice. Right. I, I Cause enjoyed it.
2: Because it. it did take me a minute to realize what is going on with Lucas. This, You know what yeah. I mean? Like literally just say it for some reason. It didn't hit me right away. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes Same. sense. Well, it
0: yeah. hit me more the second time because the first thing out of Max's mouth is why are you talking? And I totally had forgot that because they keep intercutting with all these timelines that they were doing the writing on paper thing for a while there so he wasn't supposed to speak and then it got right into it yeah
1: thanks for picking up on that yeah i didn't <laughs> pick up on that
0: either till you just said it i'm like yeah exactly <laughs> and you did a rewatch too shane i did so, you know <laughs> i'm glad i'm helping out here so what is your favorite scene there shane oh
2: hands down it's the whole master of puppets scene Same. with eddie getting on the trailer park roof and just shredding
0: guitar just yeah. all, everything about that sequence was just awesome and fun fact about that is that uh Joe Quinn, right? That's his real name. Uh Eddie's the, the actor done, who yeah. plays Eddie. Um uh, right, right? he uh he actually learned the song. He is actually playing the song correctly. He's it's obviously the Metallica version when you're watching it, but uh he the loop is playing while he's doing it. he's actually mimicking it oh, correctly. Oh shit. So, it's kind of like um like in Wayne's world, like Dana Carvey's actually a really good drummer. So when he does those like that, you know, sometimes it's obviously looped with whatever song they're playing. But a lot of times he's playing it live correctly because right. he knows how to play well. And I guess Joe Quinn knows guitar well enough that he actually learned the song before he did the scene. And so that way he could just shred out. And that's why you see like a bunch of close ups of him doing the solo and stuff. and oh. Yeah. So he, he really nailed it. I, I was very impressed when I heard that. And obviously it shows in in how they shot it and edited it as well. So, but yeah, we talked about that uh, a little bit off air too, where the Master of Puppet sequence is good because of that, because it's like obviously the summoning of the, the demobats and everything else of why they're uh, doing that as well. But it's also interspliced, one of the best edited in the maybe in the whole series. It's It's so well done between... Max trying to escape the house from Vecna interacting with, you know, the haunted version of, like, Billy still being trapped in that sauna or heated room that killed him, whatever, uh, back then. Also, uh, Erica is getting chased by the basketball player uh, when they, like, st- uh, find her at the playground and all that. So, gosh, so many cool things that uh, are intersplaced. While I'm literally hearing... I what I would probably characterize as top three, if not number one favorite Metallica song as well. So I'm like all about it. And so, and that has been used in movies before. And I love it every single time. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it's uh, master of puppets or battery. It might be battery that plays in old school. Does it's a battery? master of
1: puppets. No, it's master of puppets. No, I think it's battery. No, I think it's it's battery. Puppets. Now that I say,
0: I'll have to go back. We'll have to solve that on our own time, but um, <laughs> I love any of those things. Uh, it's perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. So I, I actually agree with you. I don't even think I, I have stuff that's close. Um, and maybe we'll go over some of uh, the favorite. I, I think, we talked about, like, how badass, you know, cutting off a Demogorgon's arm and head is, obviously. Like, all the Russian prison stuff. It's just just amazing. That's right up our alley, you know, on this podcast. But there are some sentimental scenes that really stand out, too. Uh, Will and Mike in the van was talked about a lot as far as, like, almost maybe an episode 8 MVP. Between, like, that and uh, Eleven pulling down the helicopter, which we already mentioned uh previously
1: master of puppets it was
0: James right yeah damn i thought it was battery yeah um oh, i'm sorry and then of course like a lot of the hopper and joy stuff really hit me too especially like the whole hero hawkins his funeral th- that conversation did anybody
1: show up oh, so yeah. good
0: him being in this like just broken state still and kind of like joyce slowly pulling him out a lot of that just tugs Right at the heartstrings. One of the things I actually should have mentioned in our MVP conversation, Hopper, I think, deserves a lot as well, um, because he just every interaction he has, whether it's the him and uh, him and Enzo in, in the in the previous volume, uh, and then you got anything with the Joyce reuniting stuff, and then obviously one of my other favorite scenes is uh, Hopper and Eleven's uh, reunion in the cabin. So you know he should get strong MVP endorsement as well. Um, but yeah, God, all those scenes really, really tugged at the heartstrings. Um, also like Steve's conversation with Nancy about like growing, like having the dream of having kids and she was in all those and that whole conversation about, you know, kind of, uh, he gave her the kick in the ass. He needed to kind of grow up and, and that really felt awesome too. Uh, You know, between the two of them, because that's been kind of a a push and pull thing throughout the throughout the first volume. And then even obviously bleeding over into this and then (laughs) watching Jonathan and Nancy at the very end of the finale where it's like, this just feels gross now. (laughs) I don't even want to talk to them anymore. I don't even want to see them together anymore. I'm just done. I'm like back on Team Steve. Just let's do this again. Um, I don't know if you guys had any. Other ones with that, I think that was mostly it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Dustin's uh, talk with Eddie's uncle in the gymnasium—that was just amazing. And if you want to, obviously bring in how Eddie died too, and all that, and that whole like kind of like soldiers' exit uh, yeah. kind of thing with uh, Dustin holding him in his arms and talking about all that. I, uh, you know, like take care of my stuff, and you know, that it's gonna be his year. That all Christ. those things, you know. Yeah. Felt a little forced, but I'm like, give the guy his shine. Uh, just he's, you have to. It's the hero's death thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you got to do it. Um, Any stuff that you guys didn't like? I obviously brought up where I was like, yeah, this is kind of stupid that they're getting gently choked on a wall for like a half hour. Um, But did you guys have anything else that kind of stood out where I was like, this didn't quite work for me?
2: I still think the California crew is the weakest link of the show and all the groups i and i told you this early i just i don't think will i I don't know what they they don't know what to do with his character i just feel like he's very underutilized except like the very last scene of the show yeah but outside that it's the whole him mike dynamic the i mean the whole california crew again just fell off to me a little bit i wasn't they weren't as bad as they were at the beginning of the first seven episodes of the season right but they came around a little bit, but they still were not my favorite. In fact, I was just kind of like waiting to get past like their parts.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I'm. I unfortunately have a bunch of friends uh, who love Argyle, and oh. that's fine. If you love him, that's cool. I think he's just fine. But right. what prob- I've said this before about a bunch of things is if you have friends in your life who love something and you think it's just fine, you end up slowly starting to hate it more and more because you're like, <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. And now you're like, "No, know what? He sucks. Like you just <laughs> get mad. You start getting more digging in your heels. Um, Chris, anything that didn't work for you? I was going to say Argyle.
1: Argyle yeah. did not work for me. Uh, Argyle to me reminds me of that person that when you go to a party. Yeah. It's like drunk before you are.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they're you're just like stopping like, your buzz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh-huh. him. And yeah.
1: it's uh it's almost like the uh the weed culture where yeah. it's just like everything, every discussion, every topic is surrounded by weed. And yeah. that's what he was. He was yeah. just like, "Oh, you know what you need, man? You need this." Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. Like, "Shut up, please. Just get in the van." Just right. stay in the van until you're called upon please yeah
0: yeah and so you're either a part of that culture which I'm not and or I am you know not. and maybe you appreciate it more if you are so that's that's fine with me but yeah it it didn't quite work with me as well I, i'm i'm probably closer to those things but like i said there there's certain small plotline stuff like the like i said about the the creole house slow choke um things like yeah. that but other than that I, i'm probably more on your your side with that. I'm glad that Mike and will got a little bit more shine The Jonathan will stuff, you know? So the California thing slowly got a little bit more, but honestly a bit. when 11 was with the California crew, it just didn't match anymore. She just went through hell and they're like, Yo, man, we were on this road trip. We talked to this girl to get your coordinates. You know, it's like so lower key that they just don't mesh until like the Mike and 11 stuff goes through but i'll tell you right now there are going to be a million funko pops of 11 with those uh pizza glasses thing (laughs) there this deprecation tank it's gonna happen whether you like it or not so um which hey cool look why not
1: which i didn't understand why they didn't just uh you know get like a pizza towel like, you know, a rag from the kitchen, put it around her eyes. No, they oh,
0: yeah, let's cool grease glasses. her eyeballs, Chris. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, you know what I mean? Why like, don't we just put the dough once it's unfrozen over <laughs> her face? What did she use before? <laughs> That's true. You know, it gets all the crevices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so there there are a few things I have else in my notes that I just either really liked or whatever. Like, uh, even some of the references, I love that um, Nancy Wheeler got to basically be Linda Hamilton from t2 for like a minute when she's like you know shooting vecta in the body like before he gets blasted out the window that is straight up like almost quote no. unquote shot for shot no, no, no it is when linda hamilton is like doing the cocking of the gun and shooting yes. the t1000 into the lava that yep. is that like it's almost shot for shot Um, And I know that because we just answered the Insufferable Bastards Twitter question about, like, favorite endings uh, in movies or whatever. And that is a part of that. So I was like, oh, my God, I just watched this. And then I rewatched that. I was like, oh, my God, it's shot for shot. Um, So that was cool. Um, But, yeah, I think we covered most of what we wanted about season four. But I kind of want to talk about unanswered questions and kind of look towards season five. You guys good with that? Sure am. All right. Uh, I wrote down a couple of unanswered questions. I don't know if you guys did the same, but I'll start with uh, the ones that I have at least. Um, what is the role of the number four in Vectus' plan? Because they kept bringing that up, you know, with the whole, like, four yeah, victims, four death, the four, yeah, four uh, the clock chimes, the yeah. whole thing, and they're like, ah, <laughs> oh, he's kind of been telling us his plan the whole time. Like, But it doesn't seem fully formed yet. Did you guys kind of have that same vibe? Yeah. Correct. Was, yeah
1: i didn't understand where they came up with that like i i never even noticed that the uh the clock chimed four yeah exactly
0: it's like and there's four know, gates there's and that on. whole thing and,
2: yeah yeah that seemed like a late curveball to me i'm like what okay I, yeah. I i didn't get it
0: yeah it felt like an exposition dump when they do that recap of the the their plan and kind of enter all that in i think that was early part of the finale yeah i think So it felt just like, oh, we need to do this before we do everything else. Um, But that I didn't think was fully formed, but I would imagine it will come together even more with season five. Um, (laughs) I think one of the biggest questions is how is Vecna going to come back? Um, How do the particles work? Are people who've been affected by Vecna and his henchmen, are they more in serious trouble like Hopper, Will, Max, That type of thing. I think that's probably the biggest question as we're looking forward. And I'll tell you this right now. Part of my issue with how this is going, I will be upset or in the camp of season four is better than season five because if they pull back and they take away the whole personal aspect of how cool Vecna is, you know, and especially his relationship to L. And then you make it about like he has to, you know, slowly get himself together and he's not there until the very end of this uh the series finale i'll kind of be like that was wasted right if if, if, if i'm not mistaken so shane <clears throat> do you get that kind of yeah vibe with ex- that
2: yep exactly that's that's what i took out of it too so i'm curious but especially when they when they start about the particles with winona Ryder's character hopper and all them i like that seemed kind of late to the game too i never really know referencing. I don't remember them referencing the particles as much as they did in this ep- or this season.
0: Or am I wrong on that? Yeah, I mean, it was always yeah, kind of around, it but it wasn't as right. demonstrative. You always see it whenever you see, like, a gate open. Um, yeah. You kind of see those particles floating around, whatever. So it's one of those things that's been always there but never discussed or thought of as, right. like, a more bellwether thing. Is that about right, Chris?
1: I always just took it as i don't know like uh like something's burning so this is just ash just scattered about yeah cause that's it's... what i took it as
0: or that's just so what the upside down looks like yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: exactly and then all of a sudden it comes down and then people are like oh it's snowing it's right. like okay is it snow or is it this ash stuff right or is it the particles what is it
0: you know? oh that was another shot by the way that was straight out of something else and i think shane you're a big fan um the part where it started to kind of ash or whatever at the very very end of the finale and i i turned to chris when we were watching i was like that's the mist yeah Um, because there's a shot when they're all in the gymnasium and they're looking through the window i'm like that's the mist yep so oh yeah yeah a lot of cool references with that they
1: they do a lot of the references and some of them to those in the know it's heavy-handed but it's done well
0: it still fits, yeah. It's never right. like, oh, they forced this because it'd be a cool shot. It's like, no, no, no. This makes a lot of sense. They're just showing their reference. Yeah, if it
1: was in anything is, else,
0: yeah, you know, on their sleeve, they don't care. They're, yeah, if yeah. it
1: was anything else, they'd be like, oh, come on, come on, that's obviously blank. You know, yeah.
0: And because uh, I think the Duffer Brothers are around my age too, so I think a lot of the references that hit hit me very like they come to oh, me yeah. easily because I'm of of a similar time period.
1: Yeah. Something like that may be, you know, left open, maybe left open to the interpretation. And I don't know once everything's said and done, if I'm going to be okay with that right? or if it's like, no, you got to explain it to me. What, what's the deal with that? So like, I don't know. I don't know until it comes.
0: Um, Yeah. I hope they just don't take a long time to get Vecna back in the game. I think it would be a big mistake for them to be, like, particle searching and, like, kind of, like, sifting yeah. through the ashes literally and figuratively before yeah. they come back and and it's, like, where is Vecna been? Is Vecna coming back in full form? How does this work? I, even if it's, like, they're just literally getting chased by Demogorgons all over Hawkins in, like, instead of the Upside Down and whatever, and it's back to that, I would be disappointed, no. honestly. <laughs> So because it's been so personal and so in your face and, you know, creepy and whatever. And now if it's going to turn into like a ground battle for for 10 episodes or whatever, I'll be like, "Eh, I don't want that. (laughs) That's not what I signed up for after such an awesome and personal story in season five or excuse me, season four. Um, So the one other thing I had written down was how did 11 bring Max back to life?
2: New, newfound powers man that's <laughs> that's I what know. i took it as i was like okay so now she can bring people back from the dead all of a sudden but the, okay but
0: like one of the last last shots she goes back into the black right and is looking for her and she's not there so there's a whole thing where is she just lost in her mind and that's why she's in a coma but they brought her body back to life i is vecna kind of doing so i like is max like a free agent because she's lost in her head there that Vecna kind of stole her for his own and Max is the new Vecna. I don't know. Like that's actually one of the things with this whole particle thing and that it goes into the Demogorgons and all this other stuff, the way they kind of explained it in the Russian prison. Right. That feels like they're setting up for people, vulnerable people like Max Hopper and will to become soldiers of vecna and they have to choose whether to kill them or not which i i thought that might have happened in this season and now that might carry over right any thoughts say, on that
1: say joey have you ever been in a russian prison <laughs> no? yes russian bathhouse <laughs> <laughs> why scream abdul jabbar here yeah <laughs> i'm a pilot kid um, <laughs> yeah i jeez uh, yeah i i don't want to get ahead of anything and i have really no guesses i'm just like waiting for the reveal waiting for the trailer to say hey we're back yeah check it out uh but i would say like maybe max her mind is in the upside down but now this new environment is now the upside down is right side up you know it's all blended so now season five is probably going to be like the kids have to figure out how to close it uh and get max back. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're getting Max back for the whole season.
0: Yeah, and the other thing that's kind of just hanging out there, too, even though Brenner's dead, you still have Paul Reiser around, so I don't know if he's going to play a role at any point, too. And then the government, you know, I don't know what their role, like that uh, army general, colonel, Colonel, whatever he was, (laughs) that was chasing her to begin with. I don't know if that's done with. Or now, because it's all over the news, what happened in Hawkins, where they just go, well, she has to be there. So let's just go back to Hawkins and then insert ourselves again. And and the satanic panic still in the town, I think that might be something. But it didn't seem to be too much. Like, they brought it up on the news and all that, so there might be some hysteria. But I just don't want this to turn into where the whole town is now fighting Demogorgons. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to go down that road either. Like you said, I'd be really disappointed Because then it'll be turned
1: into Halloween Kills.
0: Right, and honestly, I had that thought, and I was like, no, please, God, no. (laughs) Don't, no, (laughs) no fucking way, please.
1: Obviously, it didn't work that time, so it's not going to, you know, get rehashed, hopefully.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, But did you guys have any other questions besides those? Or I know, Chris, you were kind of like not wanting to go too far down any roads yet.
1: You know, I'm just along for the ride and hopefully they stick the landing, but I'm in for five.
0: Yeah, I still believe in them because four was so damn good and I didn't think they had it in this in them after season three. So I'm already in. Uh, Shane, how about you? Oh, all in. Uh, you, you don't even have to say anything about that. But this <laughs> yeah. was to me,
2: this was my favorite season so far. And I'm not being prisoner of the moment. I just think for me, it goes four, one, three, then two, if that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So that's my preferred order oh i'm all in and uh i'm glad you brought up paul riser's character because i do think we'll see him a little bit more in season five and i actually forgot what happened to him at the in this season because he kind of just he had the one scene and then he just kind of went away and we didn't well, see him again
0: well he was still handcuffed was, to a radiator right, or something right. in the uh the basement bunker laboratory thing so and a lot of that there's a bunch of things there that I don't know what else they had going on down there as far as a project with the Nina project I don't know if I fully know exactly right what that was besides you know getting L back in but uh, they were obviously working on that before she got there so there might be more to that as well maybe something that'll help with this whole Vecna thing uh, and what happened in Hawkins at the end of the finale Um, but yeah other than that, I don't really have too much more either. I am fully there with you. Um, this is a very strong candidate for my favorite season, if not like the favorite season, like outright. Um, it's tough because I haven't done rewatches on the other ones. And like you said, I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment either. But I do like the more personal touch and the added vec- That I thought that worked so well. Um, and especially the way they set it up in her memories and everything else that was so well staged. So I think that's some of my favorite stuff, but I did like how fun season three was. Um, and, and season two is definitely my least favorite, you know, shout out to Bob. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> getting tacked on to the, uh, the Twitter hashtags of justice for Barb or Bob or now Eddie. Um, so now we got all those going on, but Yeah. Uh, it's definitely tough, and obviously, you never forget how awesome season one felt when it was right. in real time. Oh, yeah. So, yep. um, so, yeah, I'd really have to think about that more, but I, I just can't help but love this villain, which matters all the more, um, more than some of those other seasons. Chris, how do you feel about that? Do you have an order?
1: Uh, i, I got to be honest. Uh, two and three kind of blend together for okay. me, so it's like one, four. Yeah, Uh, because one, it it blew me away with uh, the references, the timeline. It it just sucked you in, and then you know, four being the most recent, but the most satisfying. With like you know, the kids are older, and uh, I've been vocal on you know (laughs) these kids look like they've been through some stuff. Yeah. Um, But uh, and and they shot up in age, and this is only what a three-year span. Yeah. So it's like, wow. You know, as you said, Andrew, uh, many times before, there must be something in the water.
0: Um <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about it. I kept saying that in the yeah, last. So one. <laughs>
1: I, I would say one, four, three, two. Okay. Because yeah, I remember two being like, okay, they're trying to recapture what they had with one. Yeah. Eh, you know, maybe you should kind of go forward instead of like, you know, settling in this area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I, I'm 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 in. Yeah, even far...
0: season two i would rewatch in a heartbeat so it's it's yeah. not something too bad i mean that was back when still you know people cared about will so you know that was interesting <laughs> um plus you know sean astin and the visuals of that whole uh you know how they closed up the g- gate to the upside down and that one too you know the first version of that so yeah that's why i kind of like this it's it feels new it feels fresh there's a lot more ideas a lot of stuff that Answered unanswered questions from previous seasons. I think it was excellent. Um, but yeah, if you guys out there listeners, if you have any questions that you think you need answered, and maybe we can chew on them as well. Definitely, you know, hit us up at Recent Act Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and yeah, uh, keep hanging out with us. We got Thor Love and Thunder next week. Um, we got The Boys season three finale next week. Uh, so man. Uh, That's definitely heating up. Maybe we'll touch on the Terminalist from Amazon, too. Who knows? Uh, And then the Sea Beast from Netflix uh, on a lesser note. Maybe we'll chime in on that, too. Um, But, yeah, so much good stuff coming up. Gray Man, uh, Nope, you know, Bodies, 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 all coming up in the next few weeks. So stick with us and keep listening to recent activity.